Welcome to the Granite Gals podcast. This is the podcast where we interview female hikers who hike the right mountains. I am Alexandra Her. And I am Sage Her. We are 14 and 12 year old hikers who have been hiking the 4,000 footers since we were little. We have done the 4,000 footers, the 52 with the view, trail rights, and many other mountains. The opinions that we personally express in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of our interviewee or of any organizations we may mention. Welcome to our first episode. In this episode, we interview Sue Johnston, an extraordinary hiker who is a living legend in the White Mountains. Her latest feat is hiking the entire New Hampshire grid in one calendar year. The grid is doing all of the 4,000 footers in every month of the year. Most people take years and years to complete the grid, but Ms. Johnston did it in one year. Sue has recorded her adventures on her blog, runsuerun.blogspot.com. The interview took place at the Abbey Greenleaf Library in Franconia, New Hampshire. The library was beautiful, and the librarians were very nice. There is a slight echo during our interview due to the acoustics of the space. Hello, everyone. Today we are interviewing Sue Johnston, an incredible hiker who hiked the entire grid in one year. For our listeners who do not know what the grid is, it is when a person hikes all 48 4,000-footers in every month of the year, which is 576 mountains in total. Most people take two or three years to um, complete their hiking feat, but Sue Johnston did all 576 peaks in one calendar year. As well as hiking the grid in one year, Sue Johnston has done many other phenomenal accomplishments, including the Appalachian Trail in 1994. She's also done the John Muir Trail in California at 223 miles in 2007, and she completed the John Muir Trail as the fastest supported hike. She finished redlining, which means she hiked every trail in the White Mountain Guidebook, which is written by Steve Smith and Mike Dickerman. Also, she has done many marathons, such as a race for the ages in 2015. So, how did you start hiking? I started hiking... When we played back the interview in the editing process, there was static when Sue was answering our first question. We are still not quite sure why this happened. The first question was, how did you start hiking? And Sue answered that on Father's Day of 1986, her father and her went hiking up Cannon on one of the mountain's deepest trails. The rest of her answer did not have static, and it is included in the interview. By the time we got to the top, my father said never again, and I was hooked. <laughs> and we ended up taking the tram down, so it didn't count. <laughs> but after that, I think my father had a White Mountain guide, and I just started poring over maps and discovered that I really, really loved maps, and, you know, highway maps, hiking maps, whatever, and just was fascinated by the whole the whole hiking system and gradually over the next two or three years started doing more and more of it myself and getting getting more into it. So when you hike do you have a favorite part of the experience? The summit's probably definitely the the highlight but I enjoy the whole thing. So you have such an impressive hiking record. Do you have a favorite accomplishment or uh, is there one that stands out as being the most enjoyable to you? As far as the, the accomplishment that I think I experienced the most personal growth was definitely through hiking the Appalachian Trail. Enjoyable, I mean, yeah, it was enjoyable. It was, it was, there was a lot of suffering and hardship too, but it was the, probably the most epiphanal experience of my life because I finally realized how strong I, I could be and how little I needed to be happy. And just, the, just the, the basic things that you kind of take for granted, yeah. like food, water, being dry. <laughs> I mean, it's, I have never, since, since I hiked the, since I threw the AT, I have never 
taken that for granted ever again. <laughs> yeah, it's a very humble like, life, you know. Right, yeah. yeah it's very simple. So you recently completed the um, New Hampshire grid in one calendar year. Do you ever get tired of hiking like the same mountains over and over and over again? Amazingly, I really didn't. Because as you guys know, every time you do a mountain, it's, it's different. I mean, Definitely. June is no comparison really to December. And no, and, and, and you know, in the summertime, I tried to mix it up more and do, you know, not, not the, the classic routes. Like I would, for instance, Mariah and the Carters and Wildcats, I would do a lot more from the Wild River side and just really try to mix it up and keep it interesting. Interestingly, some of the peaks that I didn't think I liked as much going into it, I actually grew to really like more and more. The, the more I did them, for example, Owl's Head and Tecumseh. Tecumseh, I kind of always dismissed as this, the, the lesser of the 4Ks, right. but at the end of the year, I really started to like Tecumseh. And same with Owl's Head. Why do you think so, that is? I don't know. I guess, they, I, I guess they kind of became like, I don't know, like old friends or something. Like, you know? <laughs> and, and honestly, this year, I've missed, quote, having to do them every month. Mm, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want my life to be, I'm doing the grid every single, every single year. <laughs> There's more to life than the grid, but I do, I do actually miss it this year. So. Just became part of, part of the lifestyle. Yeah. So yeah. And, and, you know, like the AT, it was very, a very simple lifestyle. All you had to do was take care of yourself, eat, drink, shower, do laundry and go hiking. So right. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> So you have also redlined the White Mountains. So what was the most enjoyable aspect of redlining for you? Probably, so I, I pursued redlining in a few different fits and starts. I would work on it, you know, t 10, 15 years ago, I kind of started picking away at it. And it just, it just seemed to be too much, like the driving over to Evans Notch, driving down by Ferncroft, that's a really long drive for me. So I kind of, I would pick away up for a while and then I would stop. I'd be like, no, I'm not doing this. This yeah, is stupid. It's a big then finally, two years ago, I didn't really have any, three years ago, I didn't have anything I was really working on that summer. So I thought, I'm going to finish redlining. And I filled out all the forms and everything and figured out how many miles I had left. And I, I forget how many miles I had left. It's on my blog. But I just picked away at them that year and ended up finishing. And I guess what I liked most about it was doing these kind of hidden off the beaten track routes that you you know you wouldn't see hardly anybody on a busy holiday weekend where you know like Appalachia and Franconia Ridge the parking lots are just overflowing and I would be up in like up in the Kilkenny doing some weird trail and I would not see a soul I would see a couple of moose but no people so that was really cool. And the trails over in Evans Notch on both sides of the highway are just amazing. So some really cool trails over there. What are they like? Some of them are real ledgy, like Speckled Mountain and Blueberry, and there's blueberries. <laughs> um, and they're just, they're just a little bit rougher and they kind of have more of a, kind of more like the Kawas Trail a little bit, just not, not as trodden. You also have gone for the goal of high pointing, which is going to the highest point in every state. So which high point was your favorite and why? I, I really did enjoy them all. Some of them are just goofy. I mean, the, the, you know, the drive ups, the ones in the south are just are just really hilarious. But and they're also different. But as far as, you know, being a hiker, the ones I enjoyed the most were 
Wyoming and Montana, Gannett and Granite (laughs) Peaks. The person that I did them with was a, a friend of a friend and he knew some off the beaten track routes up each of those peaks. So we didn't do the classic routes. I think we went up both of them from the west side and they were just really, really cool, fun routes and didn't see anybody else. Yeah, those were my favorites. So what about um, getting granite specifically did you like? The final mile to the summit, you had to, it was very scrambly. You had to use your hands a lot. And I don't think it was quite a class five because we didn't use a rope at all, but it was pretty close. Okay. And it was, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, scrambles are fun. So speaking of high pointing, you had to turn back from your 50th high point, Denali. You were 400 feet from this from the summit, but you had to turn back because of weather and struggling companions. So what were you feeling when you made the decision to turn back? And what are your feelings about the decision now? Well, you're never happy about not summiting, but <laughs> um, I mean, looking at the big picture in the whole trip, yes, I'm happy with how it turned out. I'm not going back. It was one of the few things I ever did that I can't say that I really enjoyed. We had eight people and we, we were unguided. We were a friend of mine who had done the mountain before put the trip together and he, he did a really good job considering the kind of disparate group that we were. But there were some things that had we had we been guided, I think we probably all would have summited. Well, maybe not all of us. Some of us would have summited. Our summit day, one of our teammates in particular was really struggling. So the rest of us, there were five, five of us in that group. One guy actually summited. He just took off and went on his own. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then two people were feeling the altitude, so they turned back. So then there were five of us in our group. So the one guy who was really struggling, we all kind of slowed down for and kept slowing down for. And I think the other four of us probably could have summited too, but we wanted to stick together as a team and we wanted everyone to summit. And it looked like we had enough time and good weather to do it, but in the, in the end we didn't. So we had to turn around pretty high on the mountain, the weather started getting kind of bad. I just remember when we made the decision to turn around, I, I burst into tears and cried for about a minute. And then I quickly got over it because we had to get off the mountain. <laughs> and for me, I'm not a climber, so it was, there were actually some sections where it was really scary for me. So, so do you feel like you're, you're more of a, a hiker and not a mountaineer? Is that Definitely, right. definitely. Because, for example, when I did, I did Rainier with another friend who actually used to guide on Rainier. And it was okay, but it just, it just really wasn't my thing. I don't really like being on a rope with other people. Mm-hmm. I don't like going other people's paces. And I don't, I don't like being scared, really. I don't like <laughs> the thought of going into a crevasse and having to you know, do the right. whole crevasse rescue thing. So I did Rainier, and then two days later, a friend and I ran around the mountain on the Wonderland Trail over three days. And I enjoyed that okay. so much more than climbing <laughs> the mountain. <laughs> you hiked the John Muir Trail, and you had the fastest unsupported record. Um, but supported. What? Supported. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Supported. Um, so which section of the Drummer Trail did you like the most? I actually hiked it twice that summer. I did like a like a, a recon hike. Okay. And I did that. That was my quote slow hike. I think I did it in 
nine or nine days or 11, I can't remember, but it was, I, I backpacked it, but I backpacked it pretty, pretty quickly. And my husband hiked in every like two days or so to resupply me. So I wasn't carrying a huge pack, but I was carrying a tent and sleeping bag. I just wasn't carrying, you know, a week's worth of food. So I did it backpacker style, but kind of lightly. I enjoyed that one more, definitely, because I was going slower and I could see everything in the daylight. But I, I got to, you know, learn the trail. And there are a couple of funky turns on the JMT that if you don't know where you're going. So I kind of, I did, I did want to through hike it before I tried for the record. And then, and then when I did the record, tried to run, slow run the, the flats and the downhills and power walk the ups. Okay. And when I, by the time I did the speed record, I was so acclimated because I had been in the Sierras for for like a month. Yeah, I was just I was just really into it and focused and having having seen everything in daylight already, I it wasn't like I was lamenting what I was missing in the dark. My favorite section was probably probably Evolution Valley, around Lake Helen and Muir Pass and all that. Yeah, <laughs> that was probably my favorite section. What did you like about that section? You're um, back east. You would call it being above tree line. You know, you're yes. you're just yeah. up on this high. You know, you're in the high Sierra. There's no no trees around you. It's just all granite and lakes, and it's just beautiful. Okay, so you did the Coast Trail in 2015. So we plan on doing the Coast Trail this summer uh, in 2017. So do you have any advice for us? Is it extremely secluded? If so, what did it feel like being so alone for most of the trail? I really like the the seclusion part it's it's kind of a funny trail that in that you you start well if you go south to north you start down on the davis path so you you do well you don't see a lot of people on the davis path but you do see more people between the start and say bretton woods and then you'll see people on of course on wombeck and cabot but in between you don't hardly see anybody and then once you get past cabot you don't hardly see anybody <laughs> except for except for you do see atvers because you do as the as the trail is now, you actually do hike a little bit on ATV trails. It was an adventure. It <laughs> it was pretty well marked, but it was it was not the AT. You had to kind of kind of self sufficient out there and kind of kind of have a sense of direction and know where you were going. I actually did use a, a GPS app because okay. I just just for backup. And and then the other thing for the cost was my phone. Once I got above. The balsams, I had no service at all. And there's there's a lot of trail left north of the balsams. Okay, it's good to know. Do you normally hike with the GPS? Not not normally. Like if I'm if I'm bushwhacking, I mean I, I do know how to use a map and compass. I'm not I'm not a great bushwhacker. It's not my it's not really my thing. But once in a while as it as a means to get to a peak or a means to do a peak differently, like Owl's Head. I will bushwhack, and I like to have the GPS app as a backup, and you can track it and see exactly where you've gone, and okay. I find that really cool. But generally, I don't use it. I don't use a GPS. We've noticed you've repeated many of the trails in New England, the White Mountain Trails, the Long Trail, etc. Do you feel like the Northeast is the best place to hike in the USA for you? I I don't know that I would call it the best. I guess I I, I look at the Northeast as my home, so those these are the trails I cut my teeth on and I think having lived out west for a while a lot of westerners I've found are kind of 
snobbish about the West and the you know the Rockies and the Sierras, and they have no idea what is back here. Yeah, you know, they, I totally agree. You know, let let it be our secret, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I love New England. The trails are really hard. I've never found any trails harder. I like Colorado a lot. I like the Sierras. It's actually I really miss that about California is the proximity to the Sierras. I don't know. So what would what would you say makes New England Trail especially difficult? I think just all the rocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rocks and the, the on the long trail it's very muddy. Because I think I think they when they built the trail they didn't put any drainage in and okay. it's just very, very muddy and wet. Because we get rain here. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike California. <laughs> That's true, we do. So have you had any animal encounters on the trail? Any memorable ones? You know, animals tend to... I'm not really afraid of animals, except for when I was living in California, I the thought of being attacked by a mountain lion kind of freaked me out. So <laughs> they also have rattlesnakes out there, which I wasn't freaked out about until my friend got bit and almost lost yeah. his oh, foot. Wow. <laughs> but that's another thing why I like New England better. We don't have to worry about those things in northern New England anyway. So my own personal experience with, with animals... My husband and I encountered a grizzly bear Ooh, in, wow. um, in the Tetons. The fortunate thing at the time, ignorance is bliss, because I didn't realize the Tetons had grizzly bears. Oh. So I just thought it was a, just a regular okay. old bear. And it was only afterward when we showed some friends some pictures, they said, that, that's a grizzly. <laughs> and it, was, it was really close to us. Oh, and wow. fortunately, it just turned around and went the other way. And then another time in Colorado, I was doing Capitol Peak. And on the way up, there was, a, there was a dead cow next to the trail at like 11,000 feet. And there were five bears hanging around this cow and, and, and eating it, black bears. And one, the one that, the, I think it was the male, he was like feeding on the cow when we went by. He, and he actually growled. That sounds which, so terrible. Yeah, so we had to kind of bushwhack around around it. So, I mean, Capitol Peak was scary enough, but the scarier part was passing all those all those bears on the way in. That's amazing. So. Do you have any anything else, any other experiences? One time, this is many years ago, I did, I did Mount Webster solo, and there was a group of guys up there. One of the guys said, Oh, can I take your picture? I'm like, why? And he goes, he goes, I wanna, I wanna show, I wanna show my wife that women hike up here, oh. and some, and and they actually hike alone. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And I just, I mean, that wasn't, I guess that wasn't really sexist, but I just thought it was, I so thought it was weird. a strange, yeah, like, that is strange, like that he, that he and his <laughs> wife both would think that women don't hike alone. Yes, that's or, pretty unfortunate. Yeah. you know, that stereotype. Yeah, it's but, a lot of women hike. I mean. What's next? Do you have another goal that you're planning to accomplish? I have some ideas, but I kind of told my husband this year we were going to focus on him because he helped me out so much last year. Kind of laying low this year, just trying to keep in shape. Um, I am kind of kind of picking away on my grid three. <laughs> but but um, I don't know. I have some ideas, but I don't know if I want to publicly state what they are for, okay, ne yeah, for next right. year. Well, I know we'll be excited to hear about that when you, when you uh, post them. So now we'll just ask you some questions that are not hiking related. So uh, what's your favorite food? Is coffee considered a food? <laughs> uh, it can't be if you want. 
I love coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any favorite non-hiking related books? Most of the books I read are, are kind of outdoorsy kind of books, but I actually did years ago. I read Gone with the Wind, and I really loved it. Oh. <laughs> Much better than the movie. Okay. If you could either fly or be invisible, which would you choose and why? I would rather fly because it just seems to be the ultimate freedom to me. Like, I don't know how many times I've sat on top of a mountain and watched buzzards and hawks just soar and they just look like they're having so much fun <laughs> and, and and crows and stuff yeah, flying just, would be yeah. do you have a preference dogs or cats i really like both but i have to say cats okay. because i just i love cats personalities and attitudes and i don't do well with really needy things and dogs are very needy that's true <laughs> your popcorn chips plain potato chips okay <laughs> Okay, uh, cheddar or Swiss cheese? Cheddar. But it has to be real cheddar, like like Vermont cheddar. <laughs> and the last one is uh, a bit hiking related. If you had to pick one, summer hiking or winter hiking, which would you choose in the whites? If you had to just only do one of them. I like both, but I love the simplicity and the freedom of summer hiking. Okay. Just the, the lighter pack and the lighter shoes and... Not thinking that if you screw up, you might die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a bit. Okay. Very. Okay. Well, th thank you so much for speaking up with us today. It was a pleasure having you. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. To close this episode, we would like to include some audio from one of the previous hikes Sage and I did, Mount Hale, via the Firewinds Trail on April 3rd. We'll have another episode in a couple weeks. Happy hiking! Check us out more at alexinthewhitemountains.com. So, you gritted out hail today. How do you feel about that? Um, well, it's kind of odd because I've been doing hail so many times and now I won't be doing it for a little while and, and um, I'll be focusing on the other peaks that I haven't got for the grid yet. But it's also kind of refreshing because I know I'm, I don't have to worry about this mountain anymore. Do you like hail? Um, yes, it's a nice, it's a nice mountain. I like the Fire Wardens Trail. It's not an official trail, but a lot of hikers use it. It's a very sunny day and it's warmer than usual. It was only cold when we started out because we started the hike at about 5.30 a.m. So the sun hadn't come out yet. So now it is 8.15 a.m. and we are on the summit of Mount Hale. I have chocolate for you. <laughs> not sure. The preservation of the environment is important if we want to continue having beautiful mountains to hike. We strongly encourage you to donate to Union of Concerned Scientists, or UCS. It is an amazing organization that does important scientific research to help prevent negative effects of climate change. You can learn more about UCS and donate to their organization at ucsusa.org.